0: Hey, today we're looking at the book of Philippians, chapter number three. The book of Philippians, chapter number three. And we're going to read verses 13 and 14 as we continue our series called The Journey. So, in Philippians chapter three, verses 13 and 14, the Apostle Paul writes, and Paul writes and he says brethren i do not count myself to have apprehended or i don't I'm, I'm not saying that i've arrived and that i have everything together and that i'm doing everything perfectly but he said one thing i do well what is that one thing you do paul he says forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead i press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of god in christ Jesus. Father, we thank you one more time for your infallible, your miraculous, your life altering, life changing word. God, I understand today that my words cannot change people today, but your word can. And I pray again, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the message, the messenger. And God, I pray that you'll give us ears to hear the word of the Lord today. But God, help us not just hear, but help us put in practice what we receive today. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Hey, you may be seated today. Well, as I've already stated, today we are going to complete our two-part mini-series called The Journey. Say the The Journey. We are all on a journey. We have been somewhere and we are going somewhere. There are many seasons of life, childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, middle age, senior adult, senility. Oh, I hope we don't get there. Our journey will pro- produce some good times as well as some bad times. Sometimes we will win and sometimes we will lose. We will know both happiness and sorrow. In America, we are taught to always be in pursuit of the next thing. It's always about the next thing. And the next thing has to be bigger and better than the last thing. We can never seem to enjoy today because we are always in hot pursuit of tomorrow. We are so focused on the destination that we totally miss out on some very important things in the process of the journey. The fact of the matter is, it is the journey itself and not the destination that is most important. The fact is, if we don't learn the lessons that the journey was designed to teach us, we will find ourselves repeating the very same journey. Just ask the Israelites. In this mini-series, we are talking about two things as they relate to the journey. Last week, we talked about what we should leave behind. There are a lot of things that we should leave behind, a lot of things that we should not take with us into our next part of our journey. If you were not here to listen to that message, I encourage you to go online and listen. Listen. Today we're going to talk about what we should take with us. What we should take with us as we pack our bags for the next leg of our journey, as we enter into our next season of life, what is it? What are some of the things that we ought to be taking with us in this journey? Well, I'm going to suggest four things this morning. And you can jump in with me at any time and help me out a little bit this morning, okay? Four things that I believe that we need to take with us We need to pack in our bags as we are on this journey. The first one is a positive attitude. A positive attitude. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 13 says, A glad heart makes a happy face. (laughs) Looking at some of you this morning. (laughs) A glad heart makes a happy face. Verse 15 says, For the despondent, Every day brings trouble. It says, for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. See, see, it's not so much what happens to us in life, but how we respond to what happens to us in life that makes us who we are are today is not just a sum total of all of the things that have happened to us in life, but that is a sum total of how we have accepted, how we have embraced, and what we have learned, uh, and how we have responded to all of the different things that have happened to us in life. So what do we need to to pack in our bag along uh, to go along in our journey? First of all, a positive attitude. How many know there there are two ways to greet each new day? Two ways. First of all, you can open your eyes in the morning and you can say, good Lord, it's morning. Or you can open your eyes and you can say, good morning, Lord. You can open your eyes and you can declare, this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. What should we pack in our bag for the journey? What should we take along with us? Well, start start with a positive attitude. Develop an appreciation for the journey itself. Don't be so laser focused on the destination that you miss out on some incredible sights along the way. When my kids were small and we would take vacation, they would do the typical kid thing Are we there yet? They're sitting in the back seat and we're driving along. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? How much farther? How much farther? Are we there yet? How much farther? And I would give them the remaining miles, like for example, we have 75 more miles, and they would both respond in unanimously, or together they would respond, 75 more hours. And I would always tell them, enjoy the journey. They hated it when I would say that to them. So let me make some haters out of some of you today. (laughs) Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Don't be so laser focused on the destination that you miss out on some incredible sights and some incredible lessons and some incredible things that you need to see as you go along in the journey called life. Enjoy the journey. You see, often the journey lasts longer than our actual stay at our intended destination. Oh, oh, there's so much to see, and there is so much to absorb, and there is so much to take in as we, as we roll along in our journey, develop an appreciation for the journey itself. As a pastor, I have built four churches, and I have built four additions to churches, Do I love the finished product? Absolutely. Do I love the dedication day with all of the fanfare and all of the excitement and all of the enthusiasm? Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you, I also enjoy the process. I love the journey. It begins with a, with a dream or a vision that God places in, in my heart, that God places in my spirit. It, it begins with me trying to sell the vision to the people. It starts with, a, with just a raw piece of ground. Nothing there but a raw piece of ground. And then comes, finally, finally then comes the slab. And the slab is very disappointing to the people. You've been telling them about this grandiose vision you have. You've been telling them about this great building that you're going to build. And then the slab gets poured and the people, the people are discouraged and disappointed because because if you've ever noticed the slab, you walk on the slab and it looks so little. but I'm not disappointed because I'm the builder. I designed the building. I I know what the building is going to look like. I know how big the building is going to be. And then up come the walls. And all of a sudden the building looks three times bigger. And then the roof. And then the mechanical that you put in, and then, then comes the drywall, and, and on and on and on it goes, and, and each and every day I, I go to the project. Each and every day I survey the progress. I enjoy the journey. I will admit I'm ready for it to be done when we reach about 85% completion. What should we take along with us on our journey? Well, first of all, a positive attitude. Develop an appreciation for the journey itself. And then determine to assimilate the lessons learned from the journey. I built four buildings. In every single building, I've learned something that I've been able to add to the next building. When I sat down with the architect, on the building next door and with this building he said to our builder he said i love this pastor he said i sit down with most pastors they don't have a clue what they want they don't have a clue but and i have to come up with everything but i come in here and all i gotta do is to draw out what he hands me but it wasn't my first rodeo i've learned a little bit along the way and that's way we ought to do with our journey There are things that we need to know, things that will be vital to our success once we reach our destination. The lessons can only be learned through the process of the journey. Believe me, you you, you don't want to arrive at your destination unprepared. You do not want to arrive at your destination ill-equipped. Keep your eyes and your ears open as you proceed through the journey. There are lessons to be learned that will only be learned in the midst of the journey talking about the journey this morning, we're talking about what we should take with us on our journey. And the first thing we need to take with us on our journey is a positive attitude. The second thing is we need to take along with us on our journey is people. We need to take people with us. Don't don't travel the journey of life alone. God said in Genesis, God said, it is not good that man would be alone. See, things go south in a hurry when we isolate ourselves. The same is true also when we surround ourselves with the wrong people. Somebody said you will never soar like an eagle if you always surround yourself with a bunch of turkeys. In 1 Kings chapter 19, the great prophet Elijah, the great man of God, the great prophet Elijah had, had just experienced two miraculous victories calling down fire from heaven to consume a sacrifice, and then breaking a three and a half year drought through faith filled prayer. That was chapter 18. Chapter 19, not so much. Not so much. Elijah's faith tanks in chapter 19. What is the difference between chapter 18 and, the, and chapter 19? What was the difference? The difference was isolation. Read the story. The difference was isolation. What should we take with us on our journey? We should take people with us, but not just people. Make sure that we are taking the right people. We are taking people who love us, people who believe in us, people who have similar hearts and values as we do. Let me give you two reasons why you need people in order to accomplish or an, uh, let me say that again. Let me give you two reasons why you need people to accompany you in your journey. The first is for support. You need people around you for, for support. In, in Ecclesiastes chapter uh, number 4 and verse number 9, Solomon, the wisdom writer, writes, and he says, two are better than one. Why are two better than one, Solomon? He said, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. I've fallen and I can't get up. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be empowered... Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Why do we we need people to accompany us on our journey? We need people for for support. Let me ask you this morning, do you you have someone in your life that, that, that will offer you moral support? Do you have someone in your life who can encourage you when you are discouraged? Do you have someone in your life that can pick you up when you fall do you have someone in your life who can who can pat you on the back when you need it but they can also kick you in the pants when you need that let me ask you this this morning are you that person to anyone else you may want someone in your life to do all of these things for you but are you that person to someone else why do we need to take people along with us on our journey? Well, well, first of all, we need people in our life for support, but also for strategy. We need people in our life for strategy. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Somebody said a true friend will stab you in the front. A true friend will tell you the truth, not just what you want to hear. You're going to get mad at them, and your feelings are going to be hurt, but you're going to get over it, and you're going to realize I needed to hear that, and later you're going to say thank you for telling me that. You're not going to tell them that initially maybe, but eventually, yeah, thank you. I needed that. We need people in our lives who we love and trust enough that we will allow them to speak into our lives. You heard me say this many, many times, but it bears repeating again, and that is be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Not everybody has the right to speak into your life. Now, don't be rude or ugly or whatever, but those people that don't have a right to speak in your life, just let what they say go in one ear and out the other. But you all should have people in your life that you trust, and they have proven their trustworthiness to you. And you know, they know, and you know them, and you, and, and, and you respect them, and, you, and that you know they have wisdom, and you will listen when they begin to speak into your life. Proverbs 11 and 14 says, there's safety in having many advisors. Now, I'm not a proponent of getting vision through a consensus. I'm not a proponent of just getting around the table and trying to figure out vision. I'm not a proponent of getting vision through a consensus. But I am convinced that a God-given vision can be fleshed out better And be more effective if you have the right people at the table that you are telling your vision to. And they will help you flesh out your vision. And it's better if the man that receives the vision is also a man that is willing to put the right people at the table and willing to listen. What should we take with us on our journey? Well, we should take a positive attitude. We should take people, but, but not just people. We should take the right, the right ones. And number three, the third thing we need to pack in our bags this morning to go on our journey is we need a proper perspective. Yes, we should possess a positive attitude, but we should also be realistic. I used to think I was an optimist. I am not an optimist. I am a realist. Yes, we should possess a positive attitude, but we should also be realistic. Understand this this morning the journey won't always be easy. The journey called life, and the journey called Christianity, and the cro- journey called ministry. Or whatever the journey won't always be easy. John chapter sixteen and verse twenty and verse thirty three. Jesus said, "Jesus said, while you are here on earth, you will have many troubles and many sorrows." Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Jesus said, "While you're here on earth, you're going to have a lot of trouble. You're going to have a lot of sorrow." You need to have a proper perspective. The journey will not always be easy. There will be mountains to climb and there will be rivers to cross. The sun will shine some days, oh, but the clouds will appear and the rain will fall on other days. Some days will be easy and some days will be very difficult. Huh? Oh, we will experience both joy and sadness. We will have both plenty and lack as we go along the journey called life. What should we take with us on our journey? We should take a proper perspective. We should not go around wearing rose-colored glasses, but rather we should see things as they truly are. We should see everything. We should see the good and the bad and the ugly. And you'll see it. If you'll open your eyes, you'll see life is full of all three. See, when we got on board ship with Jesus, he never promised us smooth sailing. He just promised us that he would go with us. And he promised us that if we would stay on board, that he would eventually get us to the other side. Oh, hear me this morning, he will help us through our journey. He will help us safely arrive at our intended destination. But hear me this morning, hear me this morning, it can be quite a ride sometimes. So I was coming back from Honduras about halfway from uh, uh, Miami to Dallas, the, the pilot came on the intercom, and he said, hey, I'm, nobody get out of your seats. He says, nobody get out of your seats. He says, uh, there's going to be turbulence from, from Louisiana all the way into Dallas. There's some storms, and there's going to be some turbulence, so, 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 so get ready, get ready to nobody get out of your seat. Everybody buckle your, your seatbelt, and I was really, really expecting some turbulence, and thank God there was very little. I was expecting quite a ride because I've been there when that plane's bouncing up and going side by side before, and I really wasn't looking forward to it. But I was buckling up my sea, seatbelt and I was depending upon that pilot to get me to my destination. Hear me this morning, the Lord will allow rough water sometimes on the sea of life. Sometimes he will allow the storms to come into our life. Listen, it's not always going to be smooth sailing, but hear me this morning, as long as we have Jesus in our boat and as long as we take a firm grip of faith and just hold on, it may be the ride of a lifetime, but I'm telling you that the Lord can get us where he wants to take us. Here's something else that will help us have a proper perspective if we will remember that we're not the only ones going through difficult situations. We're not the only ones going through the storm. Such was the case with the disciples in Mark chapter four. The Bible says the disciples were in a boat with Jesus when a bad storm arose. And in Mark chapter four in verse number 36, it says there were also with him other little boats. There were other little boats on the water too. Notice two things here. First of all, just because you have Jesus with you in the boat, that doesn't mean storms are not going to pop up in your life. Some of you think because I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I'll never have another problem. I'll never have another difficulty. I'll just have a nice, smooth ride. Oh, a nice, smooth, tranquil ride on my way to glory. Hear me, just because you have Jesus with you in the boat, that doesn't mean the storm is not going to come into your life. Hear me this morning, having Jesus in your boat doesn't guarantee smooth sailing. Jesus people go through storms too. Jesus people have to endure rough water too. Two things here. The second thing is, you're not the only one going through the storm. There are other little boats on the water too. And hear me this morning, if they can make it, you can make it. If they can make it, you can make it. There are other little boats. I don't know. It doesn't say because there's not time to put all the detail in scripture, but maybe, maybe the disciples were calling out to those other little boats. Maybe they were encouraging those other little boats to stay afloat and to stay, you know, and that they can make it and just hang on that everything is going to be all right. I don't know. Maybe the other people in the other boat was talking to the disciples and telling the disciples that everything's going to be all right. Just hang on, guys. I know we're going to make it through. Hey, this morning, listen, listen, there are other little boats out there. There are other people that are going through the very same thing you are going through this morning. Why? Why not call out some encouragement to the people in the other little boats? Hey, hey, listen, this morning, can you hear them? Can you hear them? I just think somebody in the other little boats just might be calling out some encouragement to you. This is why everyone needs to be in a C group. We're all on a journey. Life is a journey. What should we take along with us on our journey? Well, we should take a positive attitude with us on our journey. We should take people. Make sure we take the right people. We, we should take along with us a proper perspective. And four, and finally this morning, we're going to have to take persistence. You better pack that in your bag. Persistence. Because persistence will be required if we're going to make it to our intended destination. Here's what I know this morning, and that is you can only get to the top of the mountain if you're willing to climb it. You can only get to the top of the mountain only if you're willing to climb it. You know, people envy those who are sitting on top of the mountain. They see that person on top of the mountain in their life, oh, where the air is crisp and clean and the view is spectacular, and they seem to be sitting there without a care in the world. There they are just on top of the mountain they have arrived. And people look at those people with envy and with jealousy. But What they don't understand or what they have forgotten is all of the time and all of the energy and all of the grinding that it took for them to finally arrive. They're on top of a mountain because they were willing to climb the mountain. And yet we gaze at them from the foot of the mountain and we gaze at them up there on top of the mountain, sitting there with seemingly no care in the world. They've got all of the luxuries. They've got all of the things. They've got everything that we don't have. And we look at them and we envy them and we think, oh, that ought to be me sitting up there on top of the mountain. But we don't realize and we forget all of the grinding, all of the hard work, all of the labor, day by day, every day, every week, every month, getting up and grinding it out and grinding it out and grinding it out. Amen. They are not on the top of the mountain because somebody placed them on top of the mountain. They were on top of the mountain because they climbed the mountain. Don't just look at the destination that someone is enjoying. Remember their persistence. Remember their consistency to show up every single day and grind it out day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. I go into my office sometimes and walk through the office, and here's all this buzz and you know all of these staff members and staff support and all this stuff going on. All this stuff, and sometimes I have a flashback. I have a flashback when it was just me, when nobody, when nobody, just me sitting in that office all by myself, no secretary, no staff, no help, no what. So much better now. Took a lot of grinding. Takes a lot of grinding. Takes a lot of consistency. Takes a lot of persistence. Amen. You're not going to get there in a day. Amen. You're not going to get there in a day. You can only get to the top of the mountain only if you're willing to climb it. Amen. Right. True. And if you're not willing to climb it, and this is a little harsh, but if you're not willing to climb it, then don't talk ugly about those that were willing to do it. Here's the second thing I want us to say here is we're winding this out this, down this morning. That is, you'll never get through the valley if you're not willing to walk through it. You'll never get to the top of the mountain unless you're willing to climb it. You'll never get through the valley if you're not willing to walk through it. Let me give you some encouragement here. And this is some encouragement. If you're in the valley this morning, I've got encouragement for you. I've got a word for you from the Lord today. And that is, do you know what the definition of a valley is? You're in the valley. And you're discouraged and you're despondent and you're maybe feeling a little sad for yourself, maybe having a little pity party because you're in the valley. Do you know what the definition of a valley is? The definition of a valley a valley is a low place. Are you ready? A low place between mountains. A valley is a low place between mountains. If you're in a valley today, it means two things. First of all, if you're in the valley today, it means you just came off of a mountain. Because you don't get into the valley without coming down off the mountain. And so if you're in the valley today, that means you just came off of a mountain. And that, what you need to do in the valley today, instead of moaning and groaning and complaining and whining and crying and all of this kinds of stuff, instead of that, you need to remember that you just came off of a mountain. And you need to stop and you need to thank God for that mountain. Thank you, Lord, for that mountain. Thank you for that experience. Thank you, God, for your incredible, miraculous provision and blessing upon my life that I have just came from. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I contemplate. I remember. I remember and I thank you for the valley that you have brought me, down, that, that, you, that you provided for me in the past. But then, then after you do that for a little bit, I need you to look ahead. I want you to look ahead this morning because if you're in a valley, it doesn't just mean that you came from the mountain top, it also means that there is a mountaintop waiting for you just ahead. If you're in the valley today, that means that the Lord that brought you from a mountain down into the valley, he is preparing another mountain for you. He's going to take you. And I believe that the mountain that he's going to take you to is going to be higher than the mountain that he took you from. And I'm telling you this morning, it's as we understand the journey and as we understand the things that we learn in the valley, we don't learn anything on top of the mountain. We're feasting on top of the mountain. We don't learn anything on top of the mountain but once we come down from the mountain and we get in the valley that's when we learn the lessons that we need and we're going to need to learn those lessons because yes there is a mountain peak on the other side yes where there's a mountain waiting on us but that also means we're going to have to claim it and so we're going to have to gain the strength that we're going to need to get on top of the mountain again we're going to gain that strength as we walk through the valley as we walk through the journey Takeaway this morning is this. We need to learn how to appreciate where we are on the way to where we're going. Learn to appreciate where we are on the way to where we are going. And God's going to use where we are to prepare us for what we will need where we are going. God, I just pray today one more time that you'll take this word this morning. Lord, not my word, but your word this morning. Oh, God, I pray today, Lord, you'll help us to receive your word. Let people be encouraged today and strengthened today and helped today. Help us today to be led by your spirit for the rest of the service. In Jesus' name.